This program is community service and is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice. Listeners having questions about their health should make an appointment to see their personal physician. Any opinions or statements made during the program are those of the individuals or physicians making the statements and are not the opinions or statements of the hospital. Sierra Vista Regional Medical Center and Twin Cities Community Hospital proudly present another edition in their podcast series, Healthy Conversations. Watching your child get a shot isn't easy, and it's even harder when you have concerns about the safety of the vaccine. Millions of parents immunize their children each year without concern, yet some parents have heard rumors that vaccines can cause serious health problems. So how can parents actually get the facts about which vaccines are safe? Here with us to discuss is Dr. Renee Bravo, a pediatrician at Sierra Vista Regional Medical Center. Dr. Bravo, thanks so much for being here today. Oh, it's very nice to be here. So I wanted to start off by asking what types of vaccines are currently recommended for children. In the United States, um, the the standards are pretty are pretty uniform. We require vaccines uh, against whooping cough, polio, hepatitis B, uh, tetanus, uh, meningitis, measles, mumps, rubella, um, hepatitis A, and the rotavirus, um, as well as chickenpox. Okay, and it's it's interesting that you mentioned things like the polio and the mumps. I've heard from my friends who are new parents that these diseases are are pretty rare. So I'm kind of curious as to why vaccines are still needed for them. Well, in order to keep them uh, from recurring, uh, a population needs to be protected against them and these diseases. As they currently, they, occasionally they'll they'll rear their heads. You want to be able to have a population that does not allow these diseases to go through it. And so that's why the whole theory of vaccination exists. It exists to protect a large group of people from a disease which can cause significant harm to them or death. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So kind of going into what I mentioned at the top of the episode, I know a lot of parents uh, you know, are hesitant uh, to give their children vaccines for a number of different reasons. So maybe you can maybe help dispel some myths that we hear often about vaccines and talk to us a little bit. Uh, about if vaccines are safe. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I can say this unequivocally. Vaccines are safe, um, they work, and they prevent significant disease. And that's something that, and it's probably, I would consider vaccinations one of the great advances of, of, of modern history. Um, a century ago, child mortality was very high because of many of the diseases that we vaccinate against now. But we've seen it. I've seen a disturbing trend over the last uh, 20 years or so, um, where there's increasing amounts of misinformation and fear that are that are that are evolving against vaccines. But vaccinations are probably one of the safest things that we can do to keep our children healthy. Um, you know, and, and and I would tell you that the second part of this is the absence of vaccines in a population can really lead to resurgences of diseases that we're seeing again whooping cough, measles, for example, um, th- these things were, were almost uh, almost eradicated, uh, you know, 20 years ago, and now we're seeing these things come back. And that's because, in my opinion, many of the, uh, th- there's a lot of disinformation out there about vaccines. Um, let me talk about whether they're safe or not, because that's become the biggest issue. Yeah, there's nothing do. that's completely safe in, in, in our culture, in society, but vaccines we accept vaccinations because for the benefit gotten, the risk is minimal. And we know that for, um, we, we, we are able to quantitate that. 
Yeah, it's it's really interesting uh, that you talk about, you know, some of these things are almost completely eradicated, but then you have a few people that hear uh, that disinformation that you're talking about and decide not to do it. You mentioned something about, you know, vaccines are the best way to keep our children protected, but it's also the best way to keep, um, you know, the children around us protected, right? I know in doing some research for this, oh, correct. Uh, this there's this, the, the, this the, herd immunity, right? right on a, yes, you hit right on an important point. There will be children in the population that are not able to receive vaccines because of immune, their immune systems are compromised or they're unable to get them for other medical indications. And though they are protected by the children and the people around them who are already immune to these diseases. Um, and, and that's why it's another very important that not only is it a good personal thing to do for your child, but it is a good societal thing to do for the population of children around you can't get vaccines. Okay, yeah, I think that is uh, really good advice, and it kind of goes into detail as to why it is so important to get your children vaccinated. I want to talk a little bit about the disinformation that some parents hear. You know, I, I've heard that there, or some parents say that there's this link between vaccines and that sudden infant death syndrome, or SIDS. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, I mean, that, that there really hasn't been anything that's been definitive that's shown that there's a causal relationship between that or, for example, autism. Yet, um, even when things like this are scientifically evaluated and talked about and looked at and researched, um, it seems that with the advent of social media and and the cyber information world, oftentimes misinformation uh, is, is out there a lot longer than, than, it, than it needs to be. And, and I would tell you this, I mean, the greatest example we've had is the MMR I mean, uh, people were for years fearing measles, mumps, rubella vaccine, saying that it was causing autism, et cetera. When the, when the, I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars were spent to, to, to evaluate that. And they found no, again, that it was absolute. There was no causality between the MMR uh, vaccine and autism. Yet that still persists, persists out there. In fact, uh, I just saw a study recently which showed that the rate of autism is the same in unvaccinated children as it is in vaccinated children. So um, we are we need to do a better job of getting this information out to help parents make good decisions for their children. Yeah, I think that's the tough thing about the internet and social media is that things do live on. And like I, you know, I was doing some research and I saw that that study had been disproven, but wow, it has it persisted. And if it's one of these things when if you're searching for what are the problems for vaccines, then those things are gonna come up and it really perpetuates this disinformation that you're talking about. Yeah, there's a, and, and I deal with this on a daily basis. I have parents that come into my office. They say, Doc, you know, tell me about the vaccines. I'm really worried about getting them for my child. You know, what can you tell me? And I do. I tell them just frankly what 35 years of doing this on a daily basis has taught me, that vaccines, I mean, you can react to vaccines. I, I don't want to sugarcoat that. Anything you put into the human body can cause a reaction, but a severe reaction that would warrant, that, that would be damaging to a human being is, is we, we know that there's about one in 900,000 kids that really will react to it, but we're willing to accept that risk because the benefit is far greater. Um, and I and I tell parents too that your doctor, when you're vaccinating your child, will take it very seriously. I mean, one of the thought processes that pediatricians go through when they're examining babies in their well checkups is they ask themselves the question, is this child going to be okay to get his, vac- his or her vaccines? And, and and so we take it real seriously 
And that's when we when we when we give these vaccines, we are not glib or dismissive of of the questions, but we also realize that we feel, and I can speak for all the pediatrician tracklings in this community, we feel that we're doing a lot of good to help these children uh, help prevent illness in these children in the future. Yeah, you certainly are. So I, I actually want to talk a little bit about the vaccine plan or the number of vaccines that you should get after sure. a child is born, because my wife and I are actually expecting our first in July, uh, which is awesome. Congratulations. Um, but it, thank, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I do think about this, though, like which vaccine should I get started with? When should uh, I have them administered? Who should administer them? So maybe talk a little bit about that. Um, it, currently, we start vaccinating children um, at birth, actually. You'll be offered the hepatitis B vaccine in the hospital. And then um, in the United States, from six to eight weeks is when the first set of vaccines is given. Um, usually it's three uh, vac- uh, three injections followed by an oral liquid, the DTaP polio hepatitis B, and then the HIP, the Prevnar, and the rotavirus. Now, it sounds like a lot, but it really isn't because what they're, in each vaccine, is a small protein, an antigen, they call it, that's designed to stimulate the immune system to provide uh, to, uh, 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 to provide protection. And a lot of people say, well, gosh, that's a lot. The reality is the human body is dealing with thousands of these types of proteins every day to protect, I mean, to, the immune system is always dealing with this. And so these small antigens that are put in there are just a small minority of, of everything else that your infant is facing in terms of vaccination. The vaccinations then are given at two months, four months, and six months. Um, at nine months, there's a, there's a little fudge in there. You can do one, but usually it moves on to a year, 15 and 18 months. And by 18 months, you should be completely vaccinated. Um, and, uh, and they're different ones. And every time that you interact with your pediatrician, you should ask about what vaccines they're getting and, and what potential um, reactions you can expect. Because sometimes children will develop low-grade fevers or, or muscle aches or redness where the injection goes in. These things are fairly expected, frankly. Um, and so I don't want my patients to be surprised by any of this. Yeah, it's really good that you mentioned that because I was just going to ask you about the side effects. Um, and it's just it sounds like it's completely normal, but in the long run, it's going to really help them avoid something um, more serious. Um, I, I want to ask a little bit more on the whole uh, vaccine schedule. Is that something that your pediatrician will just schedule out for you? Do you have to be proactive about it? Well, most of the time it's scheduled out for you. I mean, we, fo- we follow the American Academy of Pediatrics schedule. Sometimes parents will want to tweak it a little bit based on, you know, and, and, and I'm open to talking about that, but we really advise that you follow the schedule because it's designed uh, to give shots at an interval that most benefits the baby um, and, and uh, helps the baby's immune system deal with it very well. And what is the best way to keep track of your child's vaccine history? Is there like an online forum with the, the doctor or is there an app that you recommend? What, do you, what would you say about that? That's a great question. Well, back in the day um, when you were small and we, we used to give out a yellow vaccine card, but the state of California has decided to go all, all paperless. And so now there's a, a, a state registry, registry called the CARE, K-A-C-A-I-R, California Immunization Registry. And most pediatricians' offices uh, log into that so it's so parents can download it themselves even from their home. Or you can request a vaccine record uh, be given to you at, at each visit, which a lot of doctors' offices will do. So it's fairly easy to keep a track of that. 
Yeah, that's fantastic that it's all paperless, it's all in one place, yeah. uh, and it's all documented for, for you to know. So, you know, Dr. Bravo, I really appreciate you educating us on these um, vaccines, these pediatric vaccines today. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience before we wrap up? Yes, um, please feel free, and it's very important that you're comfortable in making the decision about vaccines with your pediatrician or healthcare provider. Talk to them, come prepared, ask questions. They welcome your questions because um, we understand and we advocate very strongly for things that help our children, and vaccines are a very important part of keeping our children healthy. Well, I really appreciate your time. This has been a very comforting conversation for me, especially as I'm expecting. So thank you again. Um, and for everyone else, for referral to a board-certified physician, please call the Sierra Vista Regional Medical Center and Twin Cities Community Hospital Physician Referral Line at 866-966-3680. My guest today has been Dr. Renee Bravo. I'm Prakash Chandran. Thank you so much for listening.